Welcome to the Damn Good Dogcast. It is Friday. You already know what it is. But before I start, I do want to make basically a public service announcement. A um, couple things. First, DMX, RIP. Um, I hate to hear that staple of my childhood. Just It just sucks, right? Uh, and second off, Philip Adams. Um, this hit me personally. Um, just looking at the scope of things and, and what has been going on uh, recently, it really hit home for me uh, hearing that uh, his parents thought it could be triggered to CTE, um, which is another form of mental uh, illness. Um, so it hit me personally because I felt like I needed to advocate this. This is a Georgia Bulldogs podcast. I get that. But to me, it hits me personally. Um, And what I want to say, you know, I I don't like hearing these horrible acts. Um, But for me, I felt like I need to advocate this. It's okay to go get help. It is. Um, You know, some people feel like that, you know, their pride gets in the way. Um, People will judge them or whatever the case. Um, I don't believe that's the case, at least in your thoughts. I I hope that it's not the case. Um, I really hope that if anyone listening uh, is going through that uh, PTSD, CTE, whatever the case may be, it's okay to get help. It really is. Um, And if, if if you wonder why I'm talking about this, it's because I have PTSD myself. So um, it, it kind of choked me up hearing about that, uh, not just because it was close, uh, about an hour or so, but, um, but yeah, it's just, you hear this mental, these mental illnesses and it just, it only just triggered me. So I hate to hear that. And, you know, I just felt like I had to advocate that. So it, it just, I don't know, it, it just made me feel like I needed to come on and say something about it. Um, if anyone's listening or watching and you have feelings of uselessness or, you know, you're in a funk, depressed, there's resources out there, okay? Um, and if, you, if, you, if there's not, right here is a resource. Um, I will never turn down anybody if they reach out to me and have a question or want to vent about something that's going on in their head. I will never turn that down ever. Uh, so if you're listening or, you know, and you have those problems or have those feelings, or, you know, somebody that does, at least you have the damn good dog cast. Reach out to me personally. Uh, literally just send an email to uh, damngooddogcast at gmail.com. Reach out. I will talk to you. Um, I understand how important support is for this. Uh, you know, when it comes to that, some people feel like there's nobody there. Uh, it's just them against the world. And for coming from personal standpoint on that, I understand. So that's why I'm reaching out to anyone that you know or personally is going through that. Reach out to me. I will be there. I will listen, whatever the case may be. Just, just leaving that there. Anyways. On to what people come here for, 
and that is the Georgia Bulldogs, right? Everybody's coming here for the Georgia Bulldogs. And let's, while we wait for our guest uh, of the day to pop in, waiting, but while we wait, let's just say this. Scrimmage tomorrow, it's going to be interesting, and we're eight days away from G-Day. Eight days away. Some sort of football on TV, well, streaming, but nonetheless able to watch football. It's going to be a beautiful thing. It's just going to be, uh, it's just going to be a beautiful thing. So bear with me real fast. I am going to put myself on a brief hold real fast. Actually, I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> Anyways, while we wait, I want to talk about the spring practices, right? I, I want to. Who thinks, well, I think, let's just say this, I think that we're going to see a huge battle along the offensive line. I, I just think that we're going to see that. And I, I just think that we're going to have a huge battle across the offensive line. So while we do that, All right, so it looks like, sorry, I was talking to the guest, and now I think he's getting on. So while we wait, let's just pop for him on. All right, let's see here. see. Let me get this figured out here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. All right, let me see what's going on. Sorry, I have some technical difficulties right now. All right, give me a sec. All right, the man of the hour. I'm going to formally introduce him. The father of Cedric Von Prawn Granger. Our, I'm hoping that he's going to be our center starting this season. We'll see. But Cedric, welcome to the show. Thank How you. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey, not a problem. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for stopping by. So before you got on, I was talking uh, about, you know, the scrimmage is coming up uh, tomorrow and then G-Day in eight days. Uh, I'm excited for that. I know I'm personally not going to be able to go uh, just because of limited capacity and whatnot. I didn't have access to the tickets or nothing like that. But uh, I will be watching on uh, SEC Network Plus. Um, are you going to, are you going to be there or are you? I'm not going to make the scrimmage, but yes, I will be there for G-Day. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Cool. I know, I know typically GDA is always fun to kind of uh, experience, uh, at least from what I'm hearing. Um, I'm curious to see how the COVID situation, I know we didn't have one last year, but um, I'm curious to see how the, uh, how it's going to play out. Um, how, you know, how COVID is going to, I guess, make its uh, impact here. I, I genuinely don't know how it's going to play out. Uh, to be honest with you, um, they still going to be like limited capacity for us. I know, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think, you know, uh, probably after that, it's probably going to be getting pretty back, uh, close to pretty normal, you know? Oh yeah. No, no, I'm not going to be political here, but, um, I, I know if I'm not mistaken in the news, Georgia recently, uh, pushed back those restrictions, um, yeah. which in my opinion tells me that. You know, I, I think it's almost, I ain't going to say 100% bet, but I do think that there's a very good chance that we see a full Sanford Stadium this, uh, this season. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think um, they were saying that uh, the SEC as a whole, uh, they plan on having four capacity stadiums. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I can't wait for that. I think, you know, watching it last year, you know, we I think you really take it for granted right? The, uh, the ability to go to a stadium on any given Saturday. Um, but at least that's just how I feel. Um, so there is, so I'll read a comment real fast. Uh, Mr. Fry Daddy said, what's good, my guy? Um, it is Friday. Uh, it is 441 and I am feeling good about the weekend. Just saying. Same here. (laughs) But, uh, but no, continue, uh, basically just keep, uh, talking about the, uh, you know, the impact of COVID and things like that. Obviously, last year, you know, we really didn't realize it, that it kind of just, it, it, you, you took it for granted, right? We took it for granted uh, because then you watch, you know, you look at TV, right? We have football, which I, I was thankful for. Uh, yeah. But it's just weird not seeing that normal uh, college environment, right? Yeah. Um, and, and as a parent, now, were you able to, to go to the games and watch them? <laughs> Yeah, um, I made maybe two or three games. Uh, they let the parents travel, you know, uh, it was limited capacity, uh, you know. Uh, so I went to the Alabama game, uh, Auburn game, and a couple other games, I can't recall. But, yes, I made some. I'm definitely looking forward to this year, though. I, I, I figured it would be. I know, um, you know, just looking at like I said, uh, last year, obviously, I think it was what twenty to twenty-five percent. I think it was the SEC twenty-five like percent uh, limit there. Yeah, so you know, I think if you go one hundred percent, you know, um, kind of have the memories of you know twenty nineteen, right, where you know you see a, a full packed stadium against Notre Dame and things like that, right? Like right. obviously, not every home game is going to be that way, but you know, you still get that environment, right? I think Sanford Stadium is one of the best environments in college football. Most definitely. Um, so. You know, and obviously, I kind of want to kind of touch on this. I know you said you went to the Alabama game and things like that. Uh, If people, you know, for people that aren't aware, uh, obviously, you are the father of uh, Cedric Von Von Granger, uh, and y'all are from Louisiana and roughly in the New Orleans region. So, you know, kind of looking back on this, right? Like, I I think just from a fan's perspective here, uh, just looking into it, you know, throughout the recruiting uh, process, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Obviously, Cedric was a uh, top 100 player. Uh, now, I'll, I'll look at the 24-7 composite. So, I was just going off those rankings. Obviously, top 100 player. Uh, number one center, if I'm not mistaken, in yes. 
the country. So, you know, typically, you know, you're he's pretty coveted by almost every school. Right. Um, you know, in your opinion, I know, I, I feel like you would probably be more supportive of his decision. Um, but what kind of led him to Georgia? Um, was it was it the because I know proximity could be a little bit tricky. Uh, but nonetheless, though, you know, Georgia's still not the farthest away. So right. what, what led that what led that decision to be Georgia? Uh, a couple of different reasons. Uh, first of all, Georgia was like the first uh, big program that really came after him, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they invited him to uh, a camp. And we drove out to the camp. And uh, he did a private workout afterwards, was, and he earned off, you know. So then the wheels got to turn. And uh, at the time, you know, they had Coach Sam Pittman, you know, and Sam Pittman was, uh, you know, uh, re- you know, thought of as one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, you know. Mm-hmm. Then we got to learning about the education, you know. Uh, top, you know, I think it was they were 17 at the time, public universities in the country, you know. Lastly, um, family, you know, family and friends, you know, like uh, Metro Atlanta has always been a second home to us. Matter of fact, uh, we evacuated there for Hurricane Katrina Mm -hmm. and, you know, just all of those factors uh, just felt like he can get it was the closest thing to him going to LSU, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, he, he really like I have a twin brother, you know, he lives out in Stone Mountain, you know. And you can't get any closer than that. He has, he really has people there that's, you know, if I'm not there, has his back. You get a good education, really good program. Uh, Metro Atlanta has a lot to offer, you know. So to me, it's a win-win situation all the way around, you know. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I can agree with you there. I know, you know, I feel like the perspective of, from a fan standpoint to a recruit, you know, a lot of it, you, you know, you kind of have these speculations of – you know, you know that you know they just want to go to a school that they can play right away, or you know things like that. Obviously, uh, schools that'll send them to the uh, NFL, things like that. But right. it's good to kind of it's good to kind of hear that education was a, a big part in that as well. It's something like obviously the family ties can come in as well. Um, you know, and I've, I'm an advocate for uh, you know getting an education. You know, like I understand the importance of it, and you know we've talked before, and you know educate they can't t- you can't get your education taken away from you. And, and to be honest with you, you know, I tell my son, you know, and me and other people have this conversation a lot. If you look at the NFL, what they're doing these days, you know, like it, it, when I was growing up, it's called the NFL not for long, you know, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, guys don't last long, you know, and they're doing everything that they can to, if you get drafted, draft you as low as possible, you know, and, you know, the, the, the career span isn't as long. So to me, you would be smart to try have a backup plan, mm-hmm. you know. You know what I'm saying? Because okay. it, it, it's just designed different. It's more of a business than anything, you know, in the NFL. You know. So I think with you know the, you know when you were talking about you know not for long back in the old days, you know I, I think you have to look at how advanced we've become, you know, within the NCAA and within medicine, right? Like. You take, yeah. um, you know, what seems to be a common occurrence now with ACLs and things like that, right? Right. In, in the past, that was a, you know, that was a possible career ender. Right. Now you're looking at, you know, now you're looking at, a, you know, half a year, 
or so, and then you have that possibility of being 100% possibly. You right. know, obviously, Georgia fans are well aware with uh, the Pickens injury, you know, things like that. Um, so, it, you know, obviously you look at it now, but a lot of people feel like there's more longevity now uh, in the NFL. But at the end of the day, it is a business. And just as soon as you get drafted or you get into the NFL, they can let you go. Yeah. So I think, you know, ultimately you look at the education as, you know, you're not going to be in the NFL forever. You know, you're not going to pull this Tom Brady type thing and be in there 20 plus years. It's just in, which is incredible. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you, you look at that right there. And obviously that's why I think the education is important there. So it was good to hear that, you know, as a, as a parent, you know, you kind of try to instill those, you know, the discipline to look into everything rather than, you know, immediate plan time or just the easiest path to the NFL kind of thing. Yeah, and to be honest with you, outside of family ties, you know, that was probably one of my biggest reasons wanting him to go there because he could have went other places that, you know, to be honest with you, probably had a better program at the time. Mm -hmm. But when you factor in everything, you know, education, uh, playing time, big time, program, location, it just felt like, you know, Georgia was the best fit for him, you know? Yeah, makes. I mean, Georgia's got a great business program. I, I know for sure, um, but you know, nonetheless, we'll kind of move on though, because like I said, you have some. You know, you you stay in New Orleans or around that area. Uh, right. Obviously, uh, Warren Easton, if I'm not mistaken. Where yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, so, obviously, coming out of the, I think it was a 2020 class, uh, 2019 class. Sorry. 2020. Um, yep, 2020. There it yep. is. I knew I was mistaken it, but nonetheless, though, obviously, coming out of the 2020 class. You know, Georgia took a, a huge national approach uh, to, you know, the recruiting process. Um, and for me, you know, at the time, looking at the, you know, looking at your recruitment or his recruitment, I should say, uh, you know, I felt a lot of pressure. You know, obviously I'm, I'm not experiencing this personally, but, you know, looking into reading in and things like that. I, I was under the impression that Alabama had a really good shot um, from what I was reading and things like that. Now I knew that was in his top five, but um, you know, one of the things that was surprising for me really was surprising was the, you know, the fact that LSU wasn't there um, generally, you know, the top players in Louisiana, you know, is it's, it's basically locked down. Um, right. So it, it was weird to see that, that, you know, it wasn't even a top five school. Um, now at the same time though, I know we had talked about it. Um, certain things happened and, and transpired that kind of just pushed it away. Now, was it, I guess for everybody else, you know, how, you know, what caused that, I guess you could say the, the home state push to kind of be pushed away to the side. Well, um, they really didn't, they really didn't recruit him as well as they should have because of, they were under the impression, you know, this is what is said that Louisiana don't produce office, you know, top tier office alignment. Mm -hmm. So he pretty much had to prove himself to them. Now, Alabama, Auburn, all these other programs, they saw him and it was like, yeah, this is the top tier kid. But for LSU, it was, uh, I quite don't know. It really didn't take off until uh, Nick Saban, until Alabama got in the picture, you know. And it's, and it's probably really was more so just didn't really want him to go to 
Alabama because, you know, they've lost, you know, a good amount of players to Alabama, you know? Oh, yeah. And, you know. At yeah. the, I know at the time, Alabama was going in, and it was weird to see it, but Alabama was going into uh, Louisiana around 2018, 2019, before, a couple years before, and plucking the top talent. So it kind of trickled into the 2020. Right. Um, so obviously, you know, hearing what you just said, um, you know, I know looking into the, like I said, LSU and everything like that. Now, I don't want to put anything on a school or anything like that, but because we were talking about LSU, I do want to kind of bring something up that's current. Okay. I think the elephant in the room of really the scope of NCAA right now, uh, when you look into football, is the, the allegations going on down in Baton Rouge. Right. Um, now I'm not going to speak specifically on that, but, uh, as, you know, if you're going through the recruitment process, and say, for instance, hypothetically, it happened, you know, during Cedric's recruitment. How how do how does that I guess how does that translate to your process and your approach uh, when looking at these schools and the recruitment process? Well, you know, definitely, you know, um, if it was me, you know, I wouldn't want my child to go somewhere where they have a lot of negativity going on around the program because it just kind of breathes, you know, um, instability. You know, like you don't know what's going to be the outcome and yeah. who's going to be around, you know, coaches and whatnot. Like, like we, we just don't know, you know what I mean? And to be totally honest with you as a father, you know, uh, as a parent in general, you want to hear, I'm not, you know, I don't want to sound selfish, but you don't really want negative things associated with the school that your child is attending, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, rape allegations, uh, whatever it may be, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, man, you know, like, kind of don't want to hear that, you know? Yeah, it, and I've always been, I don't know, I have a, a hard feeling against the NCAA, and I just feel like, they, I feel like they're incompetent when it comes to, you know, handling kind of allegations and, and different things like that. You know, if we really want to kind of open it up throughout the scope of the NCAA, look no further than the basketball wiretapping, right, with the recruits. Yeah. Uh, it, it was what really set it for me was seeing Will Wade and <laughs> seeing, um, you know, uh, Self at Kansas, right, seeing those guys still coaching Yeah. when there was actual hard evidence of them, you know, re- you know, basically trying to pay recruits. To me, that solidified the – in my opinion, the incompetence of the NCAA to, to kind of do their job. So, you know, obviously it's going to be something that you have to keep looking at as it goes on. Uh, but it's just, it's just like one thing after another right now with LSU. But I, I feel like LSU is almost one of those programs in football relate in relation to football. It's almost too big to fail unless, you know, you pull like program suicide, like Tennessee. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to see, you know, recruits still going to LSU and things like that. Now, I'm not knocking LSU, um, but it, it it's just wild to know that. Now, at the same time, you look at Tennessee, right? We'll kind of translate over there. You know, yeah. you find out the allegations you see. I think we're still waiting on sanctions, but things are very sloppy in Knoxville right now. Yeah, So, definitely. you know, it can easily change your program from, you know – a powerhouse contender, obviously LSU won their 2019 championship, you know, and then you look at kind of Tennessee where they're just literally struggling all around. And it's just so weird. 
Like it's just so fast. Things happen that fast. It's crazy. Um, can, can I say one other thing about LSU? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, the one thing I will say is funny. I was just speaking with another parent the other day about this. Now I will say, uh, I don't know, if, you know, the guilty or whatever, but I will say that I feel like it's apparent that they upset somebody because of anything that's possibly could have come have come up is coming up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the narrative is over there, but it's something going on. And like I said, honestly, yeah, I am kind of glad my son is not associated with that, you know? Oh yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I can agree with you. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. And right now there's a lot of smoke down in the bayou. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's rough right now. <laughs> Let's see what happened here. Looks like we may have a little bit of, Oh, there we go. Yeah, Connection fix itself. No. So I think looking at it this way, um, kind of speaking more about your son real fast. Yeah. Um, I watched this commitment video and, what I really saw when I took away or what I took away when I saw it uh, was the, the team mentality, right? I think what I liked the most about it was not that he committed to Georgia, but he basically included his teammates, right? Committed right. in front of him. Um, and that to me kind of translates to him having the, you know, the, the team mentality, right? It's, you know, it's the way I, the way I, at least I take it now from your standpoint, you know, with, throughout, you know, his upcoming and things like that. Has that just something that's kind of been his main focus is to just do what's best for the team or like, you know, what's been his drive? I guess you could say like. He's always been like that. And to be honest with you, at times, you know, it kind of really didn't seem like it was the best thing for him personally, Mm -hmm. but you know, he's such a team person, you know, that, you know, he put his personal feelings, uh, Whatever's going on with him and did what, you know, was best for the team. It's just the kind of person he is, you know. He, he's oh, yeah. just like that, you know. Yeah, I, I think agree. So during his commitment, I know you, he took his five uh, visits. Yes. I want to say he stayed in the southeast. I know he went to Georgia, Alabama, A&M. Yeah. I'm, I'm slipping on the other two. Um, uh, we did a spring, spring game for Oklahoma. That was an official. Oklahoma, and then it, yeah. And, and well, what was the last one? not being able to look at it, it's making it difficult. But, you know, so I, I guess with this case right here, because I know obviously he took the five official visits, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there were several unofficial visits as well. Right. You know? So I, I guess, like, from my standpoint, you know, we have this vision of what an official visit looks like. You see these red this red carpet rolled out, things like that. Now, I, I guess – you have, you know, each school has their own different strengths and weaknesses, you know. But when it came to Georgia, you know, I, I guess you don't have to be too specific here, but what stood out the most on your official to Georgia? Georgia's just, you know, they were the program that really made him and myself, you know, really feel at home, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, you know, we, we go visit these other schools, and they were great visits, can't lie. But when we did the official at Georgia, it was, it's like it was called almost coming home, you know, like because we had a really good relationship with, you know, everybody there. And then, like I said, you know, personally, outside of the university, you know, we have a lot of family and friends there, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it's really it felt the most natural, you know, because it's really was like a second home, you know. Oh, yeah. 
you always hear Athens as being that, you know, or at least the University of Georgia having that home feel and everybody's a family. So, you know, it's good to keep hearing that. You know, I, I think that's something that Curry's preached uh, and, and pushed for um, since he's been here. And, yes. Yeah, you know, and I think that's why we start to see, you know, the the best of the best, you know, come to Georgia. Yeah. So, so what I want to do now, uh, before we end this, uh, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to ask a couple questions in this segment. It's called Fifth Quarter. So okay. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and we'll see what happens here, and I want to see how well you do it. So, okay. are you ready for this? Yes, sir. All right. So, obviously, you have some Louisiana ties. Yes. Let's let's be a completely unbiased with these questions. Okay. Which moment, whether it was watching it on TV or actually being there, was more memorable to you? Was it the LSU earthquake game back in the 80s? Or was it 2019 against uh, Notre Dame at Sanford Stadium? So, I don't remember the LSU game. Uh, I don't know if I didn't watch the game or whatnot, but I don't recall it. But I do recall that 2019 game uh, against Notre Dame. And uh, my son and I, we were watching it. And, yeah, that was a big-time game, you know. Oh, yeah. No, funny side story before I go to the next question. Uh, I went to a Braves game. I, I was determined to go to, uh, to that game. I knew it was mm-hmm. going to be expensive. But um, I then realized that I had birthday present that was tickets. Uh, to mm. a Braves game on that same night in Atlanta. So I was sitting there. I didn't even watch the Braves game. I was more focused on the in the outfield. They had the uh, score for the Georgia-Notre Dame game. So I was more focused on that than the game. <laughs> so, I, and I just knew it was going to be a good one. You know, obviously it was a yeah. top-ten matchup. It was going to be good. Um, so watching when I got back home and I was able to watch it, obviously it was something I wish I would have. It made me regret not going to Sanford that night. It really did. Yeah, had but, you to uh, know man. <laughs> oh man, it, but but number two. All right, we'll go to number two. Okay. Um, which which gets you more hyped up? Uh, LSU when they do neck, or Krypton fanfare before the game at, from Georgia. Okay, so I didn't realize. Uh, I may have heard uh, George's song, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what it was. But I can say uh, the neck. At least on TV, it seems like it, it gets you gets you going. You know? Oh yeah. Now knowing some people in Louisiana, um, you you mentioned that, and they just go ballistic. Like Georgia with Krypton, that's just our thing, right? We yeah. Love it. But my goodness, it is something different when you hear that. Oh yeah, they, they they actually love it. You know, I think I've only been to like one LSU game. And I'm not quite sure if they, it was less competition. I'm not sure if they played it or not. You know? Yeah, uh, it's. I know. Typically, you hear that. You hear that in huge games, like yeah, rival yeah. games. So yeah, exactly right. But no. Uh, so number three, uh, obviously, uh, Cedric had uh, five official visits mm-hmm. uh, in order, uh, going down from three to one, or either way you want to do it. Uh, what were your top your top three uh, visits? Uh, which campuses stood out the most to you? Um, Georgia's number one, uh, Alabama, uh, was two, Texas A&M number three. Okay. Interesting to hear that yep. <laughs> uh, station. Uh, so number four, uh, na- what is your favorite song that has an association with a university? And I'll give you an example. 
the easiest one is probably Sweet Home Alabama to, to the University of Alabama. What is your favorite, I guess, song that has a, a rep or a tie to a school? So it would either be Sweet Home Alabama or who was that? Uh, Ray Charles, Georgia? Yeah, okay. Yeah, one of yeah, those. I know I, I've been a fan of, I don't understand why. It's just something about it. I, I typically listen to hip hop and, and rock, but yeah. uh, John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads, for me, it just hits different. Oh, yeah? It's, it, it's one of those things you don't even realize. You'll be catching up and you'll start singing the, you know, singing the song and then you're just going with it and you're like, oh, this is what's happening. So that, that was that's my favorite. Um, yeah. enter, enter Sandman uh, with Virginia Tech being a close second. Okay. Um, and, and last but not least, what is your favorite college entrance? And, and another example of that uh, is like Clemson, uh, you know, rubbing the rock and then running down the hill. That's just an example of one of the college entrances. What's your favorite? I like uh, what they do at UGA. Uh, I like that they're, they're coming out of the tunnel. I like mm -hmm. how they all, you know, unite and stuff like that and run out, especially when they, when they wear the black. Oh, man, that looks awesome, yeah. you know? Oh yeah, not as a Georgia fan, man. I love watching it. I love yeah. watching it. But if I'm if I'm really taking my Georgia hat off, I look at I look up in Blacksburg and the Enter Sandman going off. Yeah, uh, going up there, it, it is it is something to see when you when you've got that entire stadium uh, just just jumping and literally the ground shakes every time it. You're just watching it on TV, right? Obviously, you, I'm not going to go to Blacksburg to watch a game. Right. You know, you watch that on TV, and it is just a spectacle. Now, I'm not saying that I don't like Krypton and, our, you know, Georgia's entrance by all means. I love it, too. Yeah. But there's just something about, you know, the entrance up there in Blacksburg. I'm going to have to pay attention to that this season because I never saw it. Yeah, I, I think for me, I, being in North Carolina, uh, what really stood out for me was, you know, back when – when I was watching it, you know, they were really a powerhouse, right? Virginia yeah. Tech used to be a true powerhouse. And when you watch the games, when they were playing at home and it was huge, important games and they were top five and top 10, all that thing was, that's where you, that's where it Rocking. really stood out. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that it won't be doing it still, but when they were the true powerhouse that they were, that was when it was at its best. I can imagine. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, you, you took five questions. You handled fifth quarter very well. So, I have to give you props on that, especially it being the first time. It. So, anyways, uh, Cedric, it was great to have you on the show. Uh, great talking to you. It was always a pleasure doing that. Thank you. Um, tell people, you know, obviously we, we met up on social media. Uh, you know, I'll let you give a shout out uh, for your social media. If people want to reach out to you or, you know, kind of follow you, take it away. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Facebook, Cedric Granger. There you go. Yes, there you go. All right, guys. That is it. That's all we've got for today's episode. Uh, stick around. I hope everybody has a great day. Um, Cedric, like again, have a great day. Um, hope everybody has a good weekend. And on that note, um, go dogs, baby. Thank you. Appreciate it. Not a Not problem. A problem.